Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blind Leading the Blind podcast. My name is Chris. And I am Mike. This is Tuesday in our world, September 29th. 29th. 2020. Moving right along. We are coming to you live from the beautiful halls and spacious rooms. Spacious confines of Studio A here in beautiful Albany Woods. You always say confines. Is that because we can't get out? I I wonder why that is. What is there about spacious and confines? It's an old baseball thing. Anyway, and I keep glancing out the window because it's getting towards dusk, and I'm hoping the local deer just sort of wander yeah, by. Yeah, those little fawns are pretty. Yep, um, yep. so uh, as always, we really want you guys to get a hold of us if you have questions, comments, concerns, gripes, and, complaints. And people have. Um, they have. Uh, and uh, so as always, that's always open. We, we ask that you contact us. Uh, the email is... Uh, blindpod at gmail.com and uh, we're on Facebook for the moment uh, first name blind leading last name the blind um, Instagram Instagram is at blindpod and uh, we keep mentioning this we are looking into trying to get the Facebook page changed to an actual podcast cage uh, cage cage uh, yeah. spacious confines of the cage <laughs> um, yeah so that's how you get a hold of us um, if you haven't listened to any of our other episodes, as this is the first one, thanks for joining us. If not, go back and check out, we've got, I don't know, at this point, I think this is number eight. Maybe nine. Maybe nine. Yeah, eight will be out tomorrow, so this will be number nine. Um, so, go back and listen to the other ones, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, so before we get, uh, before we, uh, get into the topic today, I want to share this with you. I told you. I texted you about three or four days ago, and I told you I had something that I found that I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about on here yep. before we started. So, um, also, I apologize for the sniffles and the possible coughs and things. Uh, my allergies are going absolutely insane, and all of the passageways in my head are completely full of all manner of nastiness. Effluvium. Uh, okay, we'll go with that. That's my word today. <laughs> Effluvium? Effluvium. That sounds like, uh, what's that other word? Uh, Schluter. It's a love your schluter. <laughs> love your schluter. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you about this. I found this thing. I told you, and my comment to you was, I may have found uh, the most one of the most deadly things that God has ever created. Now, when I found this, I went, wow, this is fantastic. Okay, so the sandbox tree is a tree that grows in the tropics so south america places like that this tree is absolutely fantastic it grows to about 90 to 130 feet tall it is completely covered in spikes on its bark i'm showing mike that's nasty looking i'm showing mike the picture right now it's completely covered in spikes now every single part of this tree is 100 percent toxic Oh, cool. Everything about it. Now, another cool, the best part for me is that the fruit on this tree look like little pumpkins. They sort of do. Okay. You should Google this, folks. Yeah, you you really need to. It's called the sandbox tree. Now, this tree is also called uh, the dynamite tree. How so? Uh, the fruit, also called the habilo, Okay. Um, the fruit resembles little pumpkins. I'm going to read this out of this little article here. 
that are technically edible. And I say technically because if you ingest it, it immediately causes vomiting, diarrhea, and cramps. Oh, how lovely. Uh, so don't eat them. <laughs> uh, so here's the really interesting part about this tree. As a matter of fact, uh, you shouldn't probably stand very close to the tree either because the sap is toxic and it was once used for poison in darts cool. uh, for combat. It causes aggressive red rash and threatens blindness if you get it in your eyes. Hmm. Uh, here's the really interesting part. Remember I said dynamite tree? Yes. The little pumpkins? Yeah. They explode. And when I say explode, uh, they spread seeds over a 60-foot radius at 150 mile an hour. Dude, that is so cool. And they actually have a report when they explode. Really? Sounds yeah. like a gunshot or like dynamite? A, or... It sounds like a bomb going off. Um, yeah, so when they're ripe, the, the, the seed capsules explode and send the flat, hard seeds like shrapnel in a 60-foot radius at 150 to 170 mile an hour. My goodness gracious. That'll yeah. bed itself in other trees. And they're toxic. This is an aggressive little bugger, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, as, as I look it up, it's also nicknamed the monkey no-climb tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was getting there. <laughs> Sorry. In some places, yeah. Um, actually, there, there, there are uh, medical uh, medicine uses for it. Uh, obviously, it's used as a purgative, right? Like Ipecac, because yes. it, it will yep. make you throw up. Um, and everything, everything in you will come out. Um, it's also, the leaves are reported to cure eczema. Um, and extracts can treat intestinal worms and rheumatism. Huh. And the locals usually make jewelry and things out of the, the seeds and whatnot. Uh, it grows in, uh, it was introduced in Tanzania and in Africa. However, they don't like it now because it's taking over everything. Well, nothing can fight against it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's crazy thing that God made, and I wanted to waste a little bit of time talking about it because I thought it was super neat. That is very cool. Um, so, yeah, Google the sandbox tree. Maybe we should replace the pineapple with the monkey no-climb tree. <laughs> In the logo? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Voice is really good cider. It really is. That's fantastic. Um we may have to take an edited break to go get more. Um, so, all right. So the topic for today, I don't really know what to call this. I'm not, I'm really not entirely sure what to call this. Usually I have some sort of clickbaity type title that I give that makes people go, huh, what's that? I'm going to click on it. But really, I guess I would call this confidence in who or or where is your confidence, right? So I guess I'll start. I should probably stop rubbing my leg. I think people can hear that. Um, <laughs> don't laugh. That wasn't okay. funny. That was not funny at all. <laughs> okay, so I'll start by reading a scripture. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, we've heard this. Most people who have been in church have heard this a million and one times. And most people, I think, attribute this verse to, to mean that the he that is in me is God or the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And he that is in the world is Satan. Yes. Right? Um, so, and I'm not trying to argue that here. I just sort of had a, a different angle, a point of view, a different perspective that was kind of handed to me. Um. And I want us to, to look at it in the sense that 
that is true that he that is in the world is Satan, but also we as people are in the world. Yes. We are not of the world, but we are in the world. And the the the, the phrase that I sort of had jump up in my spirit in my head greater is he that is in me than me. Absolutely. Um and so that's the sort of the, the road I want to try to walk down. I mean, obviously, I know that you've been, I sent you those two lines a couple of days ago, and I know you've been digging on stuff, so I know you have some other things. I, I have been, but um, I, I, let, me, let me jump in here for one go second. Because I am Mr. Context. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at 1 John 4, 4, and then I back up to 1 John 4, 3. Yep. Where John is talking about... Um, um, any spirit that does not, and that is the word, any spirit, any breath that does not confess Jesus Christ in the flesh. Uh, it, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a funny <laughs> version. Any spirit that does not confess Jesus um, is not of God and is of the Antichrist, mm -hmm. which you have heard is coming and now in, is already in the world. Hmm. Interesting. And so, as encouragement after saying that, John goes, almost said Paul, John goes, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't sweat this antichrist. Don't sweat this spirit because what you have in you is already greater. True story. Um, so that's the actual literal context of the scripture. And I, yeah, thank you. Um, and again, I'm not trying to dispute that. I just sort of caught a different perspective on it. Yeah, it's good. Um, a revelation, I guess you okay. could say. Is this a new revelation? No, uh, it was just presented in a new way. Um, <laughs> so this idea that greater is he that is in me, of course, than the devil, of course, mm -hmm. than the Antichrist, right? Mm -hmm. But also greater is he that is in me than me, than right. myself, right? Mm -hmm. Um a lot of times people are like, oh, the devil's after me. The devil's trying to get me and he's just holding me down. And in reality, most of the time, while that is completely possible and can happen, uh, most of the time we are our own problem. Um, and, and I, there's a, there's sort of, we could, uh, Mike said before we turned the mic on that we could go about 30 different directions with this thing. And I sort of have this, a vein that I kind of want to uh, scoot down and uh, it has to do with uh, insecurity hmm. and pride and arrogance um, we'll, we'll get is, into it here in a minute is insecurity would it be fair to say lack of confidence yes does this relate to life in general or are we talking specifically in ministry and what God's wanting us to do? Yeah. So I, I was, um, trying not to cough <laughs> and I was, trying to get I was there. filling up air for him. Thank for you. Um, so yeah, specifically in the area of ministry and direction and when God calls you to do something or points you in a direction to do or say something, um, so eventually, just so that everyone knows where we're going, I mentioned in the last podcast uh, that was put out that I, we, we talked about Moses. 
mm-hmm. um, for for a small amount. And the reason that we were talking about Moses because it was fresh in my mind and it applied to that topic. But I was really looking at this. I've been hanging on to this for a minute, and uh, <laughs> I was I was praying and digging stuff with this, and I was in the Moses thing. So we are gonna look at Moses and when God called Moses at the burning bush. So. But I want to read another scripture for you guys, you listeners, to hold on to in the back of your mind. Now, Mr. Context Man, if you want to get this loaded up, it's Philippians chapter 1. Okay. Um, (laughs) And guys, the reason why, uh, and probably more so now, um, we had an interesting occurrence today. I had an interesting occurrence today Mm -hmm. in my life. And um, I think I'm going to start being really, really, really... Uh, poignant about context when we mention scripture. Absolutely. Because I, I know for you and I, at least for me anyway, I, I have a tendency to assume that people understand the context in which I'm speaking. And so I want to really make sure that, that people understand the context and where we're coming from, that I'm not trying to twist any scriptures. And right? that's, that's one of the things we want you to ask us about. Absolutely. Because sometimes the context between Chris and I, because we know things and we've talked about these things, that's why we know them is because we're aware of what each other is thinking, that we miss that somebody else might be thinking something completely different sometimes. That's why we want you to ask. And that's that's why we keep inviting you to ask questions and and make comments and things. Um, So Philippians chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 6, okay? Okay. Uh, Being confident of this... That he who began a good work in you mm-hmm. will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I get this wrong, correct me. Um, Paul was writing to the church of Philippi, and he's in prison at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, he's writing to them, and the few verses ahead of this and after, he's basically telling them, I really, really, really miss you guys. I I stink and love you guys so yeah. much. Yes. Um, and I want you to keep doing your thing and don't stop just because I got arrested. Because apparently from, from his language in the verses before and after, mm-hmm. he seems to be concerned that they're going to change or stop what they were doing based on the fact that he was imprisoned and he was their leadership, basically. Yes. And so he's encouraging them to not stop. Um, and so that's, would that be fair to say that's, that's, that's the context? That is, yeah. Um, and he makes a... A reference in verse seven of uh, you guys just keep right on rocking and and, mm-hmm. and I know that mm-hmm. you guys are going to share in uh, in grace with me the same way that I share right. in grace right we're all going to get the same grace um, but anyway verse six I want to I want to say this because it goes along with what I said earlier remember greater is he that is in me than he that is in or than than me right than myself. Right. And also, being confident of this, that he began a good work in me, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, right? Right. Okay. So, I'm going to set this up as quickly as possible. So, um, because I wasted a lot of time talking about a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, when God directs us to do something or calls us to do something... um, very often, we as human beings have a tendency to uh, take an inventory mm-hmm. of who we are as people mm-hmm. and all of our faults and our failures and our broken parts 
and our uh, nasty, disgusting pieces that are on the inside that nobody else knows about, and all the nasty stuff that everybody does know about as well, um, and we start making determinations about ourselves and our uh, worthiness or our uh, ability, ability to be used, right? Are we righteous enough? Are we good enough for yeah. God to use us in yeah. this way? Yeah, because we've talked, I, I've made this analogy before that we're all just tools in a toolbox, right? A screwdriver isn't going to make a determination about itself that, well, I can't, he can't use me as a chisel, I'm a screwdriver, right? There are people who say, well, I, I can't preach the gospel because I'm a singer. I'm a musician, right. so I can't go preach, right? There are preachers who say, well, I can't go cook that food because <clears throat> I'm called to preach. I'm called to lead worship. I'm called to be a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> Shut up, bro. Yeah. All right. Listen, we're tools in a toolbox. Yes. Does God call people to do things? Absolutely. Can he use that tool to do other things whilst doing those other things? Absolutely. Duh. Yes. That's the point of it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That is the point. Um, so that's one way, right? You have the cocky, arrogant, uh, sure of themselves people who say that, no, 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 I can't do that. Yep, going to have to say it. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, you have... You're not even a little bit sorry. <laughs> Just spit it. <laughs> Hold on. I okay. didn't say spit literally. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, folks. Um, you have people who have this attitude of, well, I can't serve. I'm called to lead. God made me to be a leader. What do you mean you want me to sit over there and do this? You want me to sit off to the side and serve? No, no, no. God told me I was supposed to be in charge. Listen. God almost certainly didn't. Okay, go ahead. No, go go for it. Well, God does not define a single role for an individual that he is called to minister. And if you believe that you are called to lead, in other words, sit up on top of the wagon and <laughs> holler at the people pulling the wagon, then please, please... Check yourself and get some really good godly counsel because the most effective leaders are down there pulling the wagon with the people. In other words, serving with them as ministry. I'll put it in biblical language so people can understand who are really super uh, righteous yes. church folk, right? Yes, please. Um, check thyself lest you wreck thyself. Right? <laughs> from the King James, the authorized version. Yes, because God always speaks in King James. Yes, so he does. Uh, okay, so that's one type of person, right? That's one direction that people can take this idea of making determinations about themselves based on whatever they use as evidence to determine things, right? Right. The other side is, I think, I, I would... I don't know that I have evidence to say more common, but I've seen it more than the other kind. Okay, what's and that? And that is, well, look at all my broken parts. Yes. Look at all my nastiness. Look at all these things I have wrong with me. God couldn't possibly use me in that manner. Right. And I know that that seems really humble, 
And I know that that seems really, uh, what we call it, contrite to be biblical. Yep. I don't know why I've got this chip on my shoulder with this one, but I suddenly, as soon as we turned it on, I just went, I have this thing now. Um, but people view that as being contrite or humble. No. And it's not. It's the same as the other guy. It's still arrogance. It's still you making a determination about who you are, what you are, and what you can do outside of what God says. And where you put your value in how God can use you. He doesn't need you to determine that. (laughs) He's asking you to do something which may be completely outside your skill set. It could be for a number of reasons. One is so your skill set might be somewhat expanded. It might be so that you will find someone, if if I can't cook, if I can't cook a lick and God says, go go make a meal, well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find somebody, hey, you know how to cook, come on with me. Maybe that person just needed the encouragement of going to cook for someone else, Yep. for whatever reason. Perhaps God had you act and do something that you think is just ridiculous and that you can't do, and you know you can't do it, but perhaps God had you go do that, not because it was his intention for you to actually do it. You mean it wasn't all about you? (laughs) I'm getting there. Okay. Um, But perhaps it was, perhaps God had you go do that thing so that when you showed up to do it, the person who's really supposed to do it is there and you'd lead them And help them and serve them into accomplishing the goal. You work with them to accomplish the goal. It might not be about you. (gasps) I know it's hard to believe, but I'm going to get there. So I have, uh, sorry. Um, Okay. I think it's time. Okay. Do you have anything else before we get no, into? No, let's let's go ahead. I want to see where you're going to go. Okay. We, uh, we have not. <laughs> just go, I'm going to see where he wants to go because I got a million notes and I think they're all going to be other podcasts now. <laughs> um, good stuff. Uh, so I'm going to shut my notes and I'm going to open my Bible, which should be already prepped. Okay. So we're going to go to Exodus three, Old Testament, old school. Okay. Um. Now. The, what I'm going to read is uh, the message. Uh, what, what would you? It's not a translation. What would you call it? It's uh, an interpretation. A, a, a paraphrase or paraphrase. An, an interpretation. I don't necessarily enjoy the message all that much. I feel like it leaves a lot of important things out on a lot of things. But every once in a while, it has a really neat way of putting things that just really makes the point. Mm-hmm. And I, and that's really um, where we're at here. So I'm just going to start reading, <clears throat> and I'm going to read quickly. So Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. Remember we were trying to figure out what that was the yes. other day when neither one of us could think of the name? Yes. Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. Now, before we go any farther, your Bible answer man compared to me. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you uh, for corroboration. Okay. Um, The angel of God. Anytime that's mentioned in the Bible, is that an actual angel or is that God? That's um, how many of those fellers can dance on the head of a pen. Um, It is 
generally understood okay. in, in my experience that is is a messenger from God. There are people who will say the angel of God is always Jesus. I don't know. There's nothing to support that. Well, I, I, I'm asking too because it speaks as though it's God. Yes. If you're delivering, if God sends you to deliver a message, you have submitted yourself to deliver that message, so you also carry his authority, and you might want to be doing exactly what he said, just saying. True. I, I've always understood this as being uh, God, but because no one ever really looked at the angel of the Lord, because they couldn't, right? The, the angel of the Lord would be carrying the authority and the power of God and may have that same... Right. So Who knows? I, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too much with that, no. but the reason no. I asked is because later on, uh, there's a lot of I and I am that happens. Yes. And so a declaration like that, to me, says it can't be an angel. It has to be God at least speaking through an angel, right? Right. So Or, or whatever. So anyway, point is, God showed up or a messenger showed up and spoke to Moses, right? Yes. So... Um, that's a rabbit hole. I didn't mean to go down, but I wanted to clarify. <laughs> um, <coughs> so the angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire, blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. Moses looked. Mm -hmm. Right? The bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Moses said, what's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? Here's the thing that caught me sideways though I was talking to you the last time we were talking about this. God saw that he had stopped to look. And so God called to him from out of the bush. Moses, Moses. <laughs> Moses says, yes, I'm right here. <laughs> and God says, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals for the feet you're standing on is holy ground. Right? And then he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Mm -hmm. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. Mm -hmm. God said, <laughs> here's the point I wanted to get to. I have taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters, and I know all about their pain. And now I have come down to help them. To pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, to get them out of that country and bring them to a good land of, with wide open spaces and lush and land lush with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanite, the land of the Hittite, the land of the Amorite, the land of the Perizzite, the land of the Hivite, and the land of the Jebusite. And Bob. And Bob. Uh, Larry? Um, so anyway, so he goes on to say, uh, the cry for Israel has come to me and I have seen for myself how cruelly they've been treated. I have seen for myself... How cruelly they've been treated. Wow. Um, by the Egyptians. It's time for you, Moses, to go back. <clears throat> I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Here's the crux. Moses answers God. But why me? Yeah. <laughs> why me? Uh, hold on, I lost my place. Uh. What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Yep. And then in verse 12, God says, I'll be with you. Yep. And this will be the proof that I am the one who has sent you. 
when you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here at this very, very mountain. mountain. Now, I want to go a little bit farther, so I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna paraphrase the paraphrase so we don't Woo, take up too go. much time. We're just making so stuff basically, up. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, Moses says to God, "What if they ask me who sent me? What do I tell them?" And God, he said, "Tell them the God of your father sent you." And he says, "Well, what's his name? What do I, what if they ask what's his name? Then what do I tell them?" And God says, <clears throat> "I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel." I am sent me to you. Mm -hmm. And then goes, uh, God goes on speaking to Moses, but that's the main part of the one I, I wanted to read, right? Why me? Why me? How many people either go through a tragedy, go through hardship, go through some kind of crazy, awful thing, and the first words out of their mouth are, why me? My question is, why not you? Exactly. What makes you special? Other side of the coin God calls people to do things that are absolutely crazy to them. Absolutely. Did Moses... Let's... God. You're getting there? I, I, okay, I, I'll I shut know, up. Then. I see your eyes and where you're going. Okay. Chris going to go there for you. <laughs> no, you're going to go there with me. I just... <laughs> I was literally about to fall out of my mouth when you said that. People... God comes to people, in this case, in a supernatural incident, which makes it even funnier to me, by the way, um, but... God will lead people into a situation, call people to do things, instruct people to go do things, and their question is, why me? Mm -hmm. And then they do exactly what Moses does next, right? He starts telling God all the things that are wrong with him, right? Moses, he had some things wrong with him. He had a bad temper. Mm -hmm. He yep. had a speech impediment, so he couldn't speak very well, and it was his job to go talk to Pharaoh as far as he was concerned. Right. And so he starts telling God all these things that are wrong with me. Why I can't do the thing that you told me to do. Mm -hmm. And God says, okay, fine. There's this dude, Aaron. Go grab him. He'll talk. You do the thing with the stick and deliver my people, right? Right. Abridged VeggieTales version, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so God has to sort of condescend and come down to his level of whininess and appease him a little bit to get him to go do the thing that he asked him to do. Correct. Why do we have this tendency to try to undermine what God has done in our lives and what God is asking us to do by pulling out all of our little broken pieces and showing them to God as if he cares? I want to go one other one. I just want no, to go for one it. step here. Yeah, go. Did Moses have a reason he might not want to go back to Egypt? Yeah. What was the last thing that Moses did when he was in Egypt? He killed somebody. Yeah, Moses. He killed a man. He murdered. So I suspect that it, and and Moses took off. He knows nothing about what happened back in Egypt past the time that he. I mean, other than Israelites and slavery, but he doesn't know about himself. And where he stood, because he took off, contrary to how the movie goes. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, the Disney one? Prince no, 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 no. The, <laughs> the right one, Charlton Heston. She <laughs> oh, whiz, kids. Um, <laughs> it was on purpose, by Edward the way. G. Robinson, I'll tell, I'll, we'll talk about that another day. Um, um, he's hiding out, basically. Now, he's made a life for himself. Yeah. Um, God has made a life for him. But God just asked him to go back to the scene of the crime where it is entirely possible that he might be seized and killed himself. 
And furthermore, he asked him to go back to the place where he killed someone, where he might already be a wanted man. Yep. And then walk up to the guy, the most powerful man on the face of the earth at that time, and demand that he let his kinfolk go. Walk up to the judge, go, hey judge, remember me? Yeah. All these millions of people doing work for you, we're taking off now. Bye. Right? So, understandable that Moses was absolutely terrified. Yes. Completely, I guarantee you, he covered his feet, as it were. (laughs) If you don't know what that means, do a little bit of Bible research uh, on what that means. It's in the Bible a couple times. Um, But I guarantee you, he was terrified. He was absolutely terrified. And that part is sort of understandable. I get that. Right. And to some extent, because I've done this. Yeah, yeah. When God says, go do this, and you go, I can't do that. In Moses' head, he's going, well, I'm going to die if I go back there. So he tells God, like God doesn't know that part of it. He says, <coughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't, 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 don't talk so good. <laughs> yes. He um, starts making up reasons why he can't. Oh, there's a whole other thing right there. Well, I mean, that, but that sort of is the point that I want to get to, is that we start making up not even making up really they could be real things yes but we start pulling things out well i have anxiety i have depression right i'm missing an arm right i'm missing both my legs i'm a paraplegic i can't do those things listen to me if god directs you to do something or say something or go somewhere and do something uh he most assuredly will equip you and make a way for you to do that thing yes um and here's how I know that. We go back to the scripture that I read earlier, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident in this, in what? That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion mm-hmm. until the day of Christ Jesus. That means when Jesus comes back. Um, by the way. <laughs> so, be confident, not in you, but in God, that he started a work in you, and he told you, he, he sent you on the way. Think of Joshua, right? He right. said, go over there and take the land, right? Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in me, I'll point it at me, because the Bible's a mirror, not a weapon, by the way. Um, so being confident, I can be confident that God started a work in me, and he will complete it. Mm-hmm. And so all of my baggage and all of my stuff is irrelevant. As a matter of fact, God may be planning to use some of those things that you consider to be bad or wrong about you uh, to accomplish his goal and to make a point. You mean perhaps even allow you to boast in your weakness? Yes. Well, (laughs) when... (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh... When the, when the mechanic pulls a screwdriver out of the same place and uses it over and over and over and over again over the years, what does it look like, Mike? Oh, it gets greasy. Well, he cleans up his tools when he's done, so, but it looks like it's used. But you can always tell which one's his favorite tools. Oh, yeah. Because they're the most beat up. Yep. Right? Uh, as a matter of fact, when I go, I am, random fact, I am in love with vintage tools, old hand tools from way bygone eras. And when I find ones... That's why he likes me. That are <laughs> that are beat up and dinged up, and they show signs of wear, and you can tell they were used, and but they're still usable. They're not yep. dead yet, yep. right? 
oh man, I love those things. And I feel, I, I almost feel like God does too, right? There's a scripture somewhere that says that he will use the foolish things to confound the wise, right? Mm -hmm. He routinely chooses people, chooses actions, scenarios and situations and circumstances that absolutely do not make sense. Right. And that is how he gets more glory out of it. Uh, so Moses at the burning bush, he asked God, why me? God's answer, I am who I am. <laughs> so why me? Moses, it's not you. Right. It's me. Right. It has nothing to do with you. Right. It has to do with me. That's God. And then, now see, now I'm applying it to us, right? Right. If we apply this to us, our, when God calls us to do something, perform some thing in ministry, to go do something that we've never done before, or say, hey, turn left here and go do this, it's not about me. It's about God. And them. Them. Who is them? Them. Out there. All those people in the world. All those people that need to see the glory of God. All those people that need to have God shown to them um, through the weakness and failure of other people who love God and are willing to give God the glory in the middle of their screw-up. There is, so I'll make, uh, which one do I want to go for first? I guess I'll go this one. So there is something absolutely fantastic and amazing that happens when people see a completely wretched, undeserving, imperfect human being, full of weakness, full of just oozing with badness. <laughs> and God uses them right in front of them, yeah. despite all their ridiculousness yes there's this amazing thing when people go what because if, hold on if god can use that guy to do that then he for sure can use me now easy no 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 what i'm saying is i have literally had people say that that is how they came to jesus oh absolutely they, they saw someone who they knew absolutely was a wretched individual and they watched God use them right in front of their eyes. Yeah. And they went, in their arrogance, of course, but they, at that time they went, wow, if God can use that guy, he can use me because I'm not nearly as bad as that guy. Okay? And I've, I've had this conversation right. with people. Right. Now, yes, that's an arrogant point of view. Right. And it's a, a very self-centered and high and lofty point of view. <laughs> and God had to humble them. But that was the start-off point. That right. was the kickoff of... Hey, maybe this is real. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, God's real. Um, so here, I want to consider this, and I want you to sort of drop in on this one. Um, so so we said, it's not you. It's it's me, right? Uh, it has nothing to do with you, Moses, or us, right? It has to do with God mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. People who need to see God's glory. Mm -hmm. God says, I don't need you, but I want you. Oh, why? Why? That's why I wanted you to drop in on. <laughs> why? Because Moses asked, why me? Yeah. Yeah. Why me? And so I would I would say, Mike Wilson, why you? 
I can give I can give you a thousand churchy reasons. <laughs> you know, and they all have to do with ministry and as Chris loftiness and and the power of God. And, and I'm not denigrating any of those things. Nope. But there are people who know me. <laughs> and trust me, the Israelites knew Moses. Oh, for sure. And those people, sometimes when God uses me, I suspect that there are people that go, whoa, that had to be God because that should sure could not be Wilson. Same. People who knew me in my late teens and early 20s, yeah. they look at who I am as a person now and they go, what in the world? Yeah. Brother, you are not the same person. Yeah. Hey, that's the idea, by the way. Um, that whole new creation thing, somewhere <coughs> it talks about that in the Bible. Yeah. So I, I want to posit this. Uh let me go back to the Bible app. Hang on. So earlier, I made a point to stop for half a second. Mm -hmm. Here was Moses, chilling, doing his own work, watching the flocks, being a shepherd. Mm -hmm. He was just hanging out, right? Mm -hmm. Living his life. Yep, doing his thing. And uh, he looked. He stopped. And he looked. He noticed the supernatural thing that was happening around him. He stopped. He observed. And he said, I want to go see what that is. Something is not usual or normal here. Correct. And he stopped. He saw it. He stopped. And he went over. He approached it. He yeah. put himself in a position to find out what was going on. Oh my goodness, he actually moved his feet that direction. Well, it is funny because when he got there, God said, take off your shoes. Yeah. You're on holy ground. He wasn't concerned about his shoes. No. He wasn't thinking about his sandals. He was worried about trying to figure out how in the world this bush is on fire, but it's not disappearing. It's not burning up. Mm -hmm. That's weird. And I want to find out why. He was approaching the bush to find out what was going on with it before right. God spoke. Right. If we make ourselves available and we are open and we notice when God is moving around us and then we go see what God's doing, the reason why me, because he was available. Right. He was there. And willing. Yeah. And aware and willing to engage himself in what this thing was that was going on. So many people, they sit in church or they hang out at church on a Wednesday night and eat chips and hang out with people in fellowship. Or there they are go, chips on Wednesday? I don't get chips on Wednesday nights. because you don't get them off the counter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so many people are in church, involved in church. In ministries, whatever, but they're not active. They're there, but they're just there. They don't notice. God is always working around you, but they don't notice. They don't take time to notice. So they have no idea when God wants to use them because they're just floating like a dandelion on the wind. Or their whole engagement is so shallow, Ooh, so okay. near the top edge, um, that it's difficult for any kind of in-depth exposure, commitment, involvement for those people because they refuse to allow themselves to do anything beyond that little shallow bit. 
referring back to last week, I'm just going to say this, and then Chris is going to move on. <laughs> quickly. Quickly. But why? Our emotions okay. are shallow. A lot of times when we look at God, God says, hey, Wilson, go do this. My emotions start to perk up. And I go, ooh, 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 don't want to. So when we revel in and hang on to our emotions, we are engaging in the most shallow portion of ourselves, which limits what God can do with us. Please continue on something else, Mr. Workman. <laughs> you just going to drop that bomb and walk away? Yeah, I am. I got stuff. Okay. Mr. <laughs> Sandbox Street. <laughs> boom. Boom. <laughs> boom. I'm, to I'm toxic, too. Uh, <laughs> um, so... Moses was completely terrified, completely overwhelmed, one, at what God asked him to do, two, at the fact that God wanted to use him. Mm -hmm. But God knew who he was. God knew. God knew. Again, so before we move on, sometimes, I don't know why, I've got to say it, Sometimes, you, have you ever seen the, the, the old thing in a relationship when people break up and they realize, uh, and they're trying to figure out the problem, they're like, what did I do wrong right. to end the relationship, right? And the person says, it's not you, it's me, right? Yeah. The problem isn't you, it's me, right? right? Reverse that. The, it's not about you, Moses, Mike. Chris, listener, it's not about you, it's about me, right? Moses was trying to tell God, it's not about you, it's about me. Whoa. I'm broken. I'm not okay. I'm not useful. I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 and God says it's not about you, mm -hmm. it's about me. You think I can't overcome that? Do you think I can't fix that? Do you not think that I know your wiring inside and out? Do you not know that I can make you new? I can do whatever I want with you? I'm standing here in front of you in a burning bush that is not being consumed by a fire speaking to you. Yeah. Do you not think that I can do what I want with you? <laughs> I could turn you into a bush that was burning. I mean, I, I, it's so confounded to me that there was this series of things in the wilderness with the Israels after this burning bush incident that God showed up in these crazy, wicked, massive, supernatural things yeah. right in front of their daggone faces, splitting a sea in half so they could walk across it, pillar of fire going all the way to the heavens, pillar of cloud, random bread falling from heaven to <laughs> feed them. I mean, just, what? And you guys have the audacity... To go, well, I, we can't do that. I can't do that, right? God can't use me, right? I'm not this wrong, and this is wrong, and I and my my psychologist said I have this disorder, and I can't do that. Listen, it's not about you. It's about God. You are simply a tool. That's who we are. We're tools. Our confidence. Or our lack of confidence has absolutely nothing to do with us, and it should not be focused on either on us at all. Remember the verse, right? Our confidence is in the Lord, not in our own abilities or disabilities. 
<laughs> we have a really bad habit of determining with our own perspective that God cannot do XYZ thing or use us in XYZ manner because of insert excuse here. And that excuse is absolutely irrelevant. Just like whatever you bring to the equation. Maybe God wants to use you because you have a particular skill. That's as irrelevant as your failure or your inability to God. He just wants to. You, he needs something done and he wants you to do it. More than skills or talents, more than personality traits or strengths, God needs availability. Mm -hmm. Moses was walking around and noticed something strange and approached it to see what it was and found out that it was God moving. As we move through our lives, we are catatonic yep. most of the time. Yep. We're completely disconnected and unaware yep. of what God is doing right in front of our faces. Mm -hmm. Moses wasn't. He noticed. He saw it. So this Sunday morning, as you walk through the lobby of the church, I'm assuming you go somewhere to a church or a body of Christ, or maybe you walk into your workplace or go to the Target store or the Meyer or the Kroger or the Wally World. Are you looking to see where God is at work? Are you looking to see where he's at work and are you expecting him to do something through you? Here's the thing. Once you are made aware that uh, there are no reasons, there are only excuses. Mm -hmm. Wow. Did I just say that? You did. You did. <laughs> um, once you are made aware of that, you are then held accountable for that. Mm -hmm. um, and so you should be expecting God to use you. Uh, listen, this is meant to be an encouragement. I know I sound really chippy, like I, I have a thing, but really this should be encouraging. Um, <laughs> this is supposed to be, have confidence in God, right? In God, not in you. The confidence in God allows you to understand that whatever your dirt is, doesn't matter. Whatever is broken in you, on you, around you, whatever, whatever has been done to you, oh, right? Whatever you've done, yep. whatever mess you've made, completely irrelevant. God is completely capable of using you to do anything, ever. All you have to do is be available and when he shows up and shows you what to do submit and grasp the concept of that scripture that Chris read right off the rip greater is he that is in me than me now the me part isn't in the scripture than he was in the world but greater is God and is God in you? Because if he's not in you, how do you hear him? How do you know where he's working? I know that's 101. Uh, that is Christianity 101, walking in the spirit. Yep. And but, if you don't know the answer to that, get a hold of us. Yeah. We'll, 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 we will come and have coffee with you. Absolutely. Or warm cider because it's that time of year. I know. I'm, about, <laughs> I'm <laughs> my out. Cup, my cup's empty. I'm out. I'm a little anxious right now. Um, we want... Here's the deal. When we say at the end of every, every, every podcast, find somebody to bless. Yep. Go bless somebody. Yep. Really, 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 really mean that. 
Um, do we get caught up in ourselves and forget? Do we get caught up in ourselves and get busy? Well, yeah. Do things interfere with, with being able to bless somebody? Yes, life is messy. But those opportunities will come. God wants to use you to bless other people. That's what ministry is, by the way. Don't think that it's some title and you have to have a plan of organization. <laughs> ministry is just blessing other people the way that God tells you to do it right then and there. Be available. Be open and available for God to use. Yep. Be constantly looking for where he's at, what he's doing, and how you can join him in doing it. And the last part I would say, when you find out, when God shows up, and opens your eyes to what it is that he wants you to do in that moment. I'm not saying when God calls you to be a pastor so you can go pastor a $120,000 a year job at a church. Go pastor a $120,000 a year job. That was funny, by the way. You like that? I had to throw a church in the end of it so people would believe me. But listen, if God, if that's where God calls you to, fantastic. Submit to him and go do it. Yes. However, don't think because he called you to do something that that's all you're going to be doing. Right. He called me to be a musician, to make music for him, right? To help other people learn how to be musicians for him. Yes. Guess what? He also called me in the midst of that to teach. Mm -hmm. I teach. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've preached yet. But that's oh, you've been getting a little preachy on this thing here, <laughs> listen, little bit, bro. Listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unintentional. That's in a good way. <laughs> Unintentional. Um, but listen, the point is, just because God tells you to go do something, that doesn't mean that that's all you're going to be doing. You could be in the middle of doing that, and God says, turn left now. Yes. Recalculating. <laughs> Recomputing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Again, I don't know what to call this. I don't know what to title it. I just, God said, do this. And I said, okay. And I know that it's, I, I don't even know why I had this little chippy thing on my shoulder with it. Like I almost got a little, not angry, but sort of pointy with it. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. There's somebody in your life you think needs to hear it. Well, I need to hear it. Okay. Always, <laughs> always need to hear it. But, but it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, Listen, I love you all, and I'm sorry if I made you angry for yelling at the microphone. And, and if you got angry, come see, you know, the very pleasant and nice and calm and relaxed Mr. Wilson. Come talk to me. I, it's such a lie, because I am such a giant jerk hole. I'm sorry if I offended anybody with that. Wow. But, um, yeah. Look, and the point is, we love you guys. We love Jesus more than anything else. And... And we just want you to be able to experience what God is doing because we've seen it. I suspect that me, I've seen maybe two or 3% of what God was wanting me to experience and do with him. I don't know. I just keep trying to do the next right thing. Yeah. Christian, how you doing, Bobby? Um, I just have to, that was something that Tom Christian used to say all the time, so I, that came out. <laughs> Evidently, I have to talk to Tom Christian now. Thank you very much. Hi, Tom. <laughs> um, we want you to experience what God has for you. That doesn't mean cars. That doesn't mean nice houses or vacations or anything. That means we want you to experience the joy and the peace of being obedient and serving God. That peace 
will guard your hearts and your minds. You can't even understand it. Now, there's a paraphrase. That is paraphrase, probably of a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I hope the point was made. If it was not, let us know. We yeah. will we will unpack it even more. Right. Uh, we, we, too, are fairly skilled, I think, at chopping things up to the finest possible particulate. Or particulate. I, in, in, in my world, it's not skilled. It's more like a curse. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, again, if you have questions, please ask. Uh, if you have concerns, uh, discontentments, uh, yes, I said that word. Wow, that's a big word for him. Listen, it's a big just because I him. got a beard and I like camo doesn't mean I'm completely dumb, okay? <laughs> uh, listen, guys, we love you. Uh, get a hold of us. Again, uh, blindpod at gmail.com, at blindpod on Instagram. Uh, blind leading first name love line last name on Facebook please 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 get a hold of us uh, if you have anything at all to say um, we love you and again as always go, go bless, bless somebody, somebody.